Welcome. You are listening to Genesius Guild's classic drama on the air. This is your host, Misha Hooker, bringing you an hour of audio-only theater. The Genesius Guild is a Quad Cities institution. Founded in 1956 by Don Wooten, the Guild has been producing classic theater every summer since then. Our normal core programming is live theater outdoors in Lincoln Park next to Augustana College. All our performances are free to the public, and our organization welcomes newcomers both as audience and as participants. Although we had to cancel our planned 2020 season because of the COVID-19 crisis, if all goes according to plan, we will be back on stage in the summer of 2021. For more information on our past, present, and future, see the Genesius Guild website genesius.org. Today's presentation is the first in our ongoing series of ancient Greek tragedies. We are beginning this series with Sophocles' Philoctetes. Although less well-known than his Oedipus Rex and Antigone, this play has especially received notice lately in Seamus Haney's adaptation entitled The Cure at Troy, with the evocative words spoken by the chorus, History says, don't hope on this side of the grave. But then, once in a lifetime, the longed-for tidal wave of justice can rise up, and hope and history rhyme. The story takes place near the end of the Trojan War. The Greeks have found out that they need to retrieve a warrior who had been wounded and left behind on the island of Lemnos. Only he, Philoctetes, and the bow he had as a gift from the dying Heracles would allow them to finally defeat Troy. We begin as Odysseus has arrived on the island, bringing Neoptolemus, the son of the now-dead Achilles, to help him. Neoptolemus will soon be forced to test his own integrity against the deception planned by Odysseus. In this audio version of the play, Philoctetes is played by Andy Curtis, Neoptolemus by Tyler Henning, Odysseus by Matt Walsh, Heracles by Philip Dunbridge, a Merchant, Sailor, by T.J. Green. The chorus consists of Guy Cabell, Jason Deloy, and Mark Nelson. The narrator is Kathy Calder. The play was translated by Ian Johnston and adapted by me, Misha Hooker. And now, without further ado, we bring you Philoctetes. On the deserted island of Lemnos, just outside Philoctetes' cave, enter Odysseus and Neoptolemus, with a sailor attending on Neoptolemus. So here we are, on the shores of Lemnos, a lonely place, well off the beaten track, surrounded by the sea. No one lives here. This was the place, Neoptolemus. I left Philoctetes on orders from our two commanders. His foot was dripping with infectious sores, painful ulcers. He kept screaming all the time. His strange wild howling rang throughout the camp. But this is no time to tell long stories, for uh, if he learns I'm here, then my whole scheme fails. 
Your job is to carry out the tasks we still have left to do. Uh, to find a rock, somewhere around here, which has two openings. Climb up the rock, keep quiet, then signal me if you see those features there or somewhere else. After that, I'll tell you my entire plan. Neoptolemus sets out searching, moving up towards the opening of the cave. Lord Odysseus, I see a cave up here quite like the one you talked about. Above you or below? I don't see it. High up. I can't hear a sound. No footsteps. Watch out. He may be there, in bed, asleep. I don't see anyone. Anything in there which might indicate some human lives inside? Yes, there is. A bed of leaves pressed down. Someone lives here. Look here, there's something else. Rags left to dry. Ugh, they're full of pus! The stench! Oh. This is the spot. Obviously our man lives here and is nearby. His foot is crippled with that old disease. He can't go far. Send that man of yours to be our lookout in case he stumbles on us unawares. Neoptolemus comes back down and whispers to his attendant. He's on his way. Son of Achilles, to fulfill your mission, you must be loyal to your ancestry. If you hear a plan and it sounds strange, you must obey it. You're with me here as my subordinate. What are your orders? With Philoctetes, when you speak to him, tell him a story. You have to lead his mind astray. And when he asks who you are, say you're Achilles' son. No deception there. But tell him you intend to sail for home. You've left the Achaeans' naval force because you truly hate them. And here's why. In their prayers, they summoned you from home to Troy, since you're the only hope they've got to take the city. But then, they judged you not good enough to have Achilles' arms. Instead, they gave them to Odysseus. Say what you like of me. Pile up the insults. The worst there are. That won't injure me. If we don't get our hands on that man's bow, you'll never capture Troy successfully. Let me tell you why you can talk to him while I cannot. You joined the Trojan expedition freely. You weren't a member of that first contingent. I was. If he sees me while he still has that bow, I'm lost, and you will share my fate. And that's why we need some scheme, so you can find a way to steal his bow, which is invincible. My boy, I know your nature is not fit to make up lies or speak deceitful things, but winning victory's prize is sweet indeed. So force yourself to do it. Follow my lead, without a sense of shame. In time to come, they'll call you the finest man there is. Son of Laertes, I hate to carry out an order which it hurts to listen to. It's not my nature to do anything based on deceit. My father was just the same. But I am prepared to take the man by force, no trickery. He's just one man on foot, 
He'll never win against us in a fight. You noble father's son. When I was young, I let my active hands speak up for me. But now, I've gone out into adult life. I see with mortal men the tongue, not action, rules in everything. What are your orders, then, apart from lying? I'm ordering you to use deceitful means to seize Philoctetes. Why not persuade him? The man won't listen. And he's not someone you can take by force. <laughs> Is he that confident? That powerful? Indeed. His arrows never miss. Every shot brings death. So you don't think there's any shame in saying something false? Not if the lies will save us all. But how can anyone control his face when he dares speak such lies? When what you do brings benefits, you should not hesitate. The only way Troy can be captured is with his bow. <laughs> so I'm not the one who will take that city, as you told me? Yes, but you need it, and it needs you. If that's true, we must track it down, it seems. All right. Now you stay here and wait for it. I'll move off, and I'll return our lookout to his ship. Now if I think you're taking too much time, I'll send that sailor here again, but I'll disguise his actions and his clothes. When he tells you some fancy tale, you listen, taking from it anything that helps you. Now I'm going to my ship. It's up to you. May Hermes, who guides men through deceptions, lead us through this. Exit Odysseus. Enter the chorus. Members of Neoptolemus' crew. My lord, tell us what we must conceal, and what to say to this Philoctetes. He's bound to be full of suspicion, for we are strangers in a foreign place. The judgment of the man who rules with Zeus's godlike scepter exceed the skills of ordinary men. That age-old authority has now come down to you, my son. So tell us what we need to do. Right now, perhaps you're eager to inspect the place here on the shore in which he lives. That dangerous man has left his cave for now. When he gets back, Stand ready to come out when I give you the sign. Try to help me. My lord, this help you talk about has for a long time been our chief concern. Always to keep our eyes alert to what's best for you. Tell us some details of this man. Where he lives and where he might be now. There are things we ought to know in case he comes at us somewhere when we're not ready for it. Where has he disappeared? Is he at home in there? In that cave? Or here outside? Here's his dwelling. A den carved in the rock. Where's the poor wretch gone? It's clear he's dragging his foot along someplace nearby, looking for things to eat. I've heard it said that that's the way he usually lives, and no one ever ventures close enough to help him cure his sick condition. Well, I pity him for that. With no companions face to see, he lives a miserable life, alone, always alone, infected with a cruel disease, confused about what he should do to cope with every pressing need. How does he bear a fate so grim? What a wretched race of men they are, whose life exceeds due measure. This man, Philoctetes, for all we know, is just as good as any member of the finest clan. But here he lies, apart from other human beings with shaggy goats and spotted deer, suffering from hunger pangs, and from his 
painful wound. He has to bear an agony that has no cure. And as he cries in bitter pain, the only answer comes from Echo. Well, nothing in all this surprises me. This man's sufferings come from the gods. The gods are planning that Philoctetes will not aim his bow at Troy and shoot his shafts until the time is right when those weapons take the city. I heard a noise. A sound that may have come from someone in distress. From over there, I, I think. Or maybe there. Yes, I hear it. The voice of someone hurt. That's it. Someone forced to crawl along the path. That heavy groaning of a man in pain, even from far away, is hard to miss. The cries are just too clear. This man's not far away. He's close to us, bringing music home. But not like a shepherd piping, but screaming as he stumbles. Perhaps his howls come from his body's pain, or else he's seen our ship. In either case, the cries are dreadful. Enter Philoctetes. You there, strangers. What country are you from? What put you into such a desolate location without a decent harbor? You look as though you're Greeks, at least from the way you're dressed. Please, don't be afraid of me and run away. Take pity on a wretched man, abandoned without friends. If you come as friends, speak up. Well, stranger, the first thing you should know is that we are Greeks. Ah, that language gives me such delight. You hear such words spoken by a man like this. Tell me, young man, what made you land here? Something you need or a friendly wind? Speak up. My birthplace is the island Skyros. I'm sailing home. Uh, I'm Neoptolemus, Achilles' son. My lad, son of a man I truly loved. What business bring you to this island? Well, if you must know, I'm sailing now away from Troy. What's that? I'm sure you weren't one of those on board when our first expedition sailed for Troy. Did you take part in that great enterprise? My boy, you mean you don't know who I am? How can I know a man I've never seen? You, you don't know my name? You've never even heard a rumor of my deadly suffering? Really, I don't. I haven't. Oh, how truly miserable I must be. If not a word has reached my home or any part of Greece, those men who broke God's law to leave me here laugh. My disease keeps flourishing and getting worse. My boy, the man who stands here, right in front of you, is someone you perhaps have heard about as Master of Arms of Heracles. I am Philoctetes, the man whose two commanders of armies and Odysseus so disgracefully deserted here while I was suffering this cruel disease. I was bitten by a deadly snake. Our fleet had landed here, and then they left me with this infection as my sole companion. Once they saw my storms of pains had passed and I was sleeping, they were so happy to abandon me setting out some rags, some scraps of food. I hope they get the treatment they gave me. Can you imagine how I felt when I awoke to find they disappeared? How I cried out in distress when I saw the ships had gone off with no one to help, no one to soothe the aches of my disease. All I found around me was my pain. Well, time went by for month after month. This bow gave me the food my stomach craved by shooting birds as they passed overhead. 
I go crawling after them in pain, dragging this wretched foot behind me. In winter, when I needed to fetch water, often there was frost, and I'd have to break some firewood. I dragged myself outside to get it, living here under this roof with my fire. I have all I need, except, of course, relief. You see, my lad, you should know this. No sailor ever comes too near this place, not if he can help it. There's no moorage, so men with any sense don't travel here. If someone ever came unwillingly, such things do happen over time. Well then, when they arrived, my boy, they'd speak a few sympathetic words, and then from pity, add some food or clothing. But there's one thing no one would ever do. Take me home safely. This is the tenth year of my misery. Wasting away in hunger and distress. This is the work of those sons of Atreus and Odysseus. They did this. May the gods give them someday full retribution for my agony. Philatetes, we pity you. Just like those visitors you had before. I too can testify. You speak the truth. I've experienced how bad the sons of Atreus can be, and Odysseus's brutality as well. What's that? You have complaints too against those cursed sons of Atreus? I wish one day my hand could vent my rage, so then they'd learn in Sparta and Mycenae that Skyros is the mother of brave men. Good for you. But why are you so angry? I'll tell you. But it's hard to say what I went through when I arrived at Troy, when fate declared Achilles had to die. What's that? Stop there! Achilles dead? <sighs> he is. But no mortal killed him. Apollo brought him down with an arrow shot. Now I'm not sure what I should do next. Question you or warn Achilles. Your own afflictions are enough for you. You're right. So, tell me how those men harmed you. They came to get me in a fancy ship. Phoenix and Lord Odysseus. They said that since my father had been killed, destiny decreed that no one except me could seize those towers in Troy. Well, my friend, we sailed there at top speed, mainly because I had a great desire to see my father's corpse before the burial. In addition... What they said to me was truly wonderful. I'd capture Troy. Well, we had a favorable wind. Then all the army came crowding round to welcome me, swearing they could see Achilles alive again. Just lay there dead. I wept for him. I went to Atreus' sons to claim my father's arms and all the rest of what belonged to him. They gave me the most shameless of replies. Child of Achilles, you may take all your father's things except his weapons. Another man is master of them now. Odysseus. I jumped up. My anger was intense. I yelled, you miserable men! Have you two dared award my weapons to another man rather than to me, without even keeping me informed? 
Then Odysseus spoke up. Yes, my boy, they did. And rightly, too, because I was there to save their master's body. I began to heap on him every insult I could think of. Odysseus said, You weren't around when we needed you. And now, since you cannot speak politely, you'll never sail to Skiros with those arms. After hearing that, I'm sailing home without my property, thanks to that criminal. But I don't lay blame so much on him as on those in command. For any city depends on those in control, and so must all the army. Well, that's my story. All nourishing mountain Mother Earth, mother of Zeus himself. You who live and rule in great Pactolus, rich in gold. Most dread and sacred mother, over there I called on you. In Troy, when sons of Atreus heaped all their insults on this man. While they were handing over his father's armor to Odysseus, paying highest honors to that man. Such awe-inspiring things. Hail, blessed goddess, as you sit on your splendid decorated throne, where carved out lions slaughter bones. You and your story harmonize with mine, so I can recognize how those men act, the sons of Atreus and that Odysseus. Though, I do wonder how great Ajax could bear to witness it. My friend, Ajax was no longer living. What's that? Did death get Ajax too? He's dead and gone. It's dreadful. But Diomedes and that Odysseus, they'll not die. For they don't deserve to live. No, that's something you can count on. And Nestor? What is that fine old friend of mine with his prudent counsel? He's not doing well. That son of his, Antilochus, is dead. That's more bad news. God knows what we should look for in this world when such men perish and Odysseus lives. He's a slippery wrestler. But even clever schemes are often checked. Now, what of Patroclus? Your father loved him more than anyone. Also dead. Given the choice, war takes no evil men. It always wants to seize the good ones. Of course. No evil people ever get destroyed. The gods are careful to look out for them, while always sending good and righteous men down to their deaths. The gods themselves seem disgraceful. Well, I'll keep watching what's going on at Troy, but from a distance. And I'll do the same with those two sons of Atreus. Skiros's rock will be enough for me from this day on. I'll be a happy man in my own home. Now, farewell, Philoctetes, as best you can. I pray the gods will rid you of disease. Are you setting off already? Yes. Our opportunities are telling us to wait close to our ship for a good wind. Now, by your father, by your mother, by all the things you love, I come to you as a supplicant. Don't leave me, not alone like this in such distress. You see how much I suffer. If you turn down this plea, what people say about you won't be good. But if you help, you'll win the greatest honor. Take the chance. Let me aboard and set me any place you wish. Wherever I will least offend, by Zeus himself, god of supplicants, I'm on my knees, though weak and sick. Don't leave me all alone like this. 
so far from any routes men travel on. Take me safely to your home. From there, it's no long trip for me to reach the fair-flowing Spracaeus River, so you can show me to my dear father. Although, for some time now, I've been afraid he's gone. I've often summoned him, sending urgent prayers for him to send a ship to take me home. But either he is dead, or those I asked, thinking my affairs a trivial thing, hurried to complete their voyage home. But now... I've come across a man who can carry me and be my messenger. Have compassion. Bear in mind how everything is for human beings. Things can go well, then things change into their opposites. Oh, my king, have pity. He's spoken of his struggles, all that suffering and pain. And if, my lord, you hate those savage sons of Atreus, we'll carry him as he's asked in your swift ship back to his home. Take care. Later, when you've had your fill of that disease of his, you may no longer stand by what you've said. That will not happen. You'll never have just cause to make that charge against us. Well, I'd be ashamed if this stranger found me less prepared than you to work on his behalf. Come on, then. Let's put to sea. The man should start his trip without delay. Our ship will take him. What a glorious day. Oh, you sweet man. Let's be gone once we've kissed the ground in ritual farewell to my home that was no home. Wait a moment. Two men are coming. Let's hear what they have to say. A sailor enters, leading a spy disguised as a merchant. Son of Achilles, I was driven to this coast by chance. I've been sailing my own ship on my way home west from Troy. But once I heard all these sailors here were from your crew, it seemed a good idea not to resume my trip until I talked to you. The Argives have new things in store for you, actions they've already set in motion. Stranger, this favor will make me your good friend. Tell me of these things you spoke about. Old Phoenix is coming after you. To take me back by force? Or to persuade me to return with him? I don't know. Is Phoenix so keen to do a favor for the sons of Atreus? You can be sure he's not wasting any time. But first of all, tell me who this man is and keep your voice down. This man here? is the famous Philoctetes. Then, get out of here as quickly as you can. What's he saying, my boy? I don't know what he means, but he must speak openly to me, to you, and to the crew. Don't make the army angry at me for saying what I should not. The sons of Atreus are my enemies. This man hates them too. That's why he's my greatest friend. When you speak, you must not hide from us anything you heard. That man there. Cruel Odysseus and Diomedes have sworn an oath to sail and bring him back, either by persuading him with reasons or by overpowering force. Odysseus was confident they'd be successful. Why were the sons of Atreus so keen to redirect their thoughts onto this man they'd kept in exile for so many years? What's got hold of them? There was a prophet, a son of Priam. One night, Odysseus went out and used his trickery to capture him, then put him on display among the Argives, like a splendid beast. Well. He made this prophecy. They'd never smash Troy Citadel unless they could persuade Philoctetes back to Troy. Odysseus quickly promised he'd bring Philoctetes with his consent, but if he was unwilling, he'd use force. If he did not succeed, anyone who wished could cut his head off. Now, boy, you've heard it all. I pray that somehow God brings you the best of help. Exit, merchant. My boy. Don't you think it is extremely odd Odysseus would ever entertain the hope his reassuring words could bring me back 
I'd rather listen to my greatest foe, the snake that crippled me. That Odysseus will say anything. We should get going from here so there's a wider stretch of sea between us and Odysseus. We'll set sail when the wind stops blowing right at our bow. But the moment one is fleeing trouble is always the best time to be put to sea. Well, if that's what you think, then let's be off. Once you've taken from in there the things you need. I have a certain herb that's most effective for this wound, uh, and some arrows that I've forgotten. What you're holding there, is that the famous bow? The very one. Uh, Could I inspect the bow more closely? Hold it. Uh, Get a feel for it as something sacred. For you alone, my son, I'll grant this wish. I'd love to hold it, uh, but only if it's lawful. What you say is just and pious. You're the only one who's offered me the hope that I will see my home, my aged father, and my friends. This bow is yours to hold, and then give back to me. You can say that you're the only man who's touched it. I myself acquired it by helping Heracles. I'm glad I found you and became your friend. A man who knows how to return a favor for a favor he's received is a friend more valuable than all possessions. Please, go inside. With you. My sick condition craves your company. Philoctetes and Neoptolemus enter the cave together. I have heard the distant rumor how a man once stole into the marriage bed of Zeus, and then how the mighty son of Kronos flashed into a whirling wheel. But I know no other mortal man who's run into a fate as harsh as has Philoctetes, who did no wrong to anyone, but acted fairly towards those who treated him respectfully. And then, without deserving it, he was abandoned here to die. Amazement seizes me to think how, as he listened by himself to breakers crashing on the shore, he somehow kept a hold on life which brought him so much pain. He had no neighbor but himself. No one for a companion in his illness. No one there to answer him with sympathy when he cried out against the plague that ate his flesh and made him bleed. No one to gather the healing leaves when he succumbed to an attack and stanch the blood oozing from the ulcerous sores on his wounded foot. No. He crept back and forth to where he might find relief to ease his pain and then his all-consuming agonies eventually would subside. And he could not collect his food by taking what the earth provides with his own work, except those times he eased his hunger with the meal he got himself with feathered arrows from his swiftly striking bow. He's lived a miserable life, without the joy of suckering wine, but always he's had to look around and find whatever puddles he could reach. But now, with all these troubles past, he'll find success and happiness. He's met a noble family's son who'll take him aboard his own seaworthy boat and sail to his ancestral home along Spercaeus River Banks, where, high up on the heights, that warrior Heracles arose, ascended to the gods ablaze in his own father's sacred fire. Neoptolemus and Philoctetes come out from the cave. Philoctetes is carrying his bow. Let's move out. Why are you so silent? Have you been paralyzed? Uh, uh, What's wrong? It's nothing. Keep going. Are you in agony from that disease? No. No. I 
I think it's better now. Oh, you gods! Why call out to the gods? For them to come to me. Save me! What's troubling you now? It's obvious you're in pain. I'm done for. I can't conceal this dreadful thing. It goes right through me. Shooting pains, it's horrible. I'm in such agony. I'm being destroyed, eaten up. Oh my god. My god. Such awful pain. Oh my boy, I beg you. Slice my foot off. Amputate it. Don't worry about my life. Do it. Oh, the agonizing weight of your disease. That's right. Pain. It's indescribable. What should I do? Don't give up on me. The disease attacks me only now and then. Alas, poor man. It seems you've truly suffered every kind of trouble. Can I help you up? No. Take this bow from me. You just asked if I would let you hold it. Guard it well until this present fit from my disease gets less intense. Once the pain relents, I'll be overcome with sleep. If those two men get here while I'm asleep, don't give them that bow. Not of your own free will or through a trick. Don't worry. No one's hands will touch the bow but yours and mine. Here, lad. Take it. God grant us both success. My boy, I'm afraid your prayers are useless. Dark red blood is dripping down, oozing out. And I expect there'll be a, a new attack. Ah! God! It's really bad! It's a cursed foot! It keeps tormenting me! God! It hurts so much! Don't... Don't abandon me! Don't... Don't leave! Ah! Oh, Odysseus, how I now wish you were in such agony with pains like this. Ah! It strikes again. You two commanders, may this disease feed on the two of you instead of me. Oh, death, death, I keep calling for you. Why can't you ever come? Oh, noble boy, take me away. What do you say? Why so quiet? I feel so sorry for you. Don't worry about that. These fits are nasty, but they pass. Don't leave me here alone. We'll stay. You will not leave. You can be sure of it. Give me your hand. Here's my pledge. Neoptolemus and Philoctetes shake hands. Then a new fit attacks Philoctetes and he falls to his knees. Ah! Take me back. In there. Is this another fit? Why roll your eyes up to the sky? Take your hands off me. I won't do that, I tell you. You'll kill me if you keep grabbing me. All right. Oh, Earth. Embrace me now. I can't stand up anymore. I think sleep will overcome him soon. His whole body is soaked in sweat. And... A black flow of blood is burst through. Leave him alone so he can fall asleep. Oh sleep, who knows no pain? Come to us with joy and bring him happiness. Hold before his eyes that light which shines around them now. Come down, I pray, and heal him. My son, 
think about where you are right now, and how you sort out where we go from here. He's asleep. Let's act. Why hesitate? For opportunity often wins decisively in one quick blow. He cannot hear a thing. But even so, I know if we set off without this man, we'll bring disgrace and shame upon ourselves when the result was incomplete and when we lied as well. But the god will see to that, my boy. Speak softly when you talk. In sickness, all men's slumber is not real sleep. It has keen eyes. I think you should use the utmost care. And take that bow. Take it without alerting him. If you hold to what you intend for him, then there are surely going to be some problems which a prudent man could foresee. Now, lad, a fair wind blows. This man's eyes are closed, his weapon's gone, and he's stretched out in a dark sleep. He can't control his hands or feet. So think if what you've talked about is practical. My boy, as far as I can grasp what's happening, the finest action is the one where there's nothing to fear. Keep quiet. He's opening his eyes. Ah, to sleep and then to see a sight beyond my fondest hopes. I never would have thought you'd do this. Remain here with such sympathy until my fit was over? Those fine generals would not have done that. But your nature is good. You bore all of these troubles easily. And the cries of pain, the appalling stench, and now it looks as if I can forget and rest. I'm glad to see you're still alive, breathing without that pain. I'll take hold of you. Don't worry. I'll do what I always do to get to my feet. This is dreadful. What am I supposed to do at this point? What is it, lad? I don't know how I need to frame my words. It's so confusing. You're confused? No, no, don't, don't say such things. The position I'm in... Uh... Surely, disgust has not persuaded you not to take me on your ship. When a man abandons his own nature, all things are dreadful. But... You have not been doing anything your father wouldn't have done. I'll be dishonored! Oh, no. Not because of what you're doing now. Oh, Zeus, what do I do now? Can I hide what I should not hide and forfeit my honor with my words? Are you intending to betray me? No, no. I won't abandon you. But you'll really find the trip distressing. I do not understand. You must sail to Troy, back to the Sons of Atreus. What are you doing to me? First, I'm saving you from this awful place. And then I'm going with you to plunder Troy. There's a powerful necessity at work controlling these events. I'm done for. Betray! My bow. Give it back to me right now! I can't do that. My duty and my self-interest compel me. You destructive fire. You hateful masterpiece of fearful treachery. You've betrayed me. A man who begged for your mercy. You wretch. When you take my bow, you take my life. I'm begging you, please give it back. You won't even look me in the eye. Oh, you bays and headlands, you mountain beasts, you jagged rocks. There's no one else to hear me. To you, my customary companions, I cry out what this boy has done to me. He pledged his word, then took my bow. 
He keeps it for himself. The sacred bow of Heracles. He's taking me by force. He doesn't realize he's destroying a corpse, a ghost. If I were strong, he would not capture me. Even as it is, he'd not prevail except by trickery. Give back the bow. Return to who you are, to your true character. What do you say? You're silent. And I'm a wretched nothing. I'll go back to my cave. I'll waste away alone, unable to bring down birds or beasts. Now I'm the prey of those I hunted down before, thanks to a man who looked as though he had no sense of evil. May you perish too. What shall we do? It's up to you, my king. Pity for this man. A dreadful pity has come over me. I've felt it for a long time now. By the gods, my boy, have mercy on me. What am I going to do? I'd wish I'd never sailed away from Skiros. You're not an evil man. Leave bad deeds to others and sail from here. But first, give me my weapon. What shall we do? Enter Odysseus with a small escort of armed sailors. Philoctetes does not see him immediately. What are you doing, you traitor? Give me that bow. Who's that? It is Odysseus. Now you can grasp the way things are. Alas, I'm being destroyed. So he's the one who really caught me. That's right. It was me and no one else. Give me the bow, boy. He won't do it, even if he wants to. No, you've got to come along with me. Of all evil men, you are the nastiest. You'll take me in by force? Yes, unless you come of your own free will. And this has been ordained by Zeus. I am his servant. I won't go. But I say you will. I'll never do it. Not while I stand with these steep island rocks below me. What will you do? I'll throw myself down, and I'll smash my head in on the stone down there. Grab him, you too! The two sailors rush up and grab Philoctetes by his arms. Now I've been tied up, captive beast, thanks to this man. Because I lack that bow I cherish, though. And you, you sneaked up and snagged me using this young boy to be your screen. Though he's too good for you, and he's already showing his remorse. You trained him in acting with deceit, though that was not his nature or his wish. And now, you mean to tie me up and take me from the very shore where once you left me. Friendless. Homeless. Ah, I've prayed that death would come for you. But gods have granted nothing sweet to me, so you remain alive and keep on laughing while I am a laughing stock. And for you and those two sons of Atreus, I sailed with them of my own free will. A complete disaster. They threw me out. So why are you now taking me away? I'm nothing. And so far as you're concerned, for a long time I've been dead. How do you not view me as a stinking cripple? I say with you, how will then you make holy sacrifices? That was your excuse for throwing me ashore back then. You gods of gods who gaze on what we mortals do, if you pity me, 
bring on your vengeance, and after all these long years, pay them all back with death. The stranger speaks harshly, Odysseus. There's only one thing I'll say to him. I'm the kind of man who adapts himself to each occasion. By nature, I'm a man who needs to win in everything. But not with you. So now I'll happily defer to you. Let him go. Let him remain here. We have two, sir, with us. A skilled archer. <laughs> so am I. My hands can use this bow as well as yours. So why do we need you? Enjoy yourself here on Lemnos. We'll be on our way. No. You're going to battle with weapons that belong to me? Don't argue with me anymore. I'm going. Son of Achilles. Are you going to leave without another word? Don't look at him. Move along. And you, my guest, will you leave me like this? The boy commands our ship. What he says, that's what we say, too. Odysseus will say I'm too sensitive. But you stay here, if that's all right with him, until the sailors have prepared the ship. Philoctetes may change his mind, but we two are leaving now. When we call... Make sure you come at once. Neoptolemus and Odysseus leave. You cavern in this hollow rock, always freezing cold or else too hot. It's never been my fate to leave you, and so you'll also watch me die. Alas, sad cave so full of painful cries. What will each day bring to me now? Where will I find my nourishment? Wild pigeons will fly on past through piercing winds. and no longer shoot them down. You've brought this on yourself. You could have been more sensible, but no. You'd rather have a grimmer fate when you might have chosen better. Then I'm truly miserable. Beaten down by hardships I've been through. Alas, for all my pain. No longer can I hold my feathered weapons in my strong hands. Crafty mind has tricked me. I wish that I might see the man condemned to bear my pain for just as long. This is your fate. You've not been tricked by us. Alas! I see him now. Sitting beside the salt-white ocean shore, laughing at me as he waves the bow with no one else had ever held. Oh, my lovely bow. My friend, if you had power to understand, you'd feel such pity, for Heracles' friend no more will from now on be using you. Another man will handle you. You'll see his shameless tricks, his hateful face. You feathered birds, you flock of bright-eyed beasts who graze upon the hillside slopes. No longer will you spring from me and run away. My hands no longer grip those shafts which gave me power before. You're free to roam around at will. And now you should take blood for blood. Yes, take your time and gorge yourself on my contaminated flesh. My life, I'll give up soon enough. But think, it's up to you to evade that fate. You hope to take me off to Troy, a land I despise. Yes. We think that would be best. Then go away. Leave me at once. Well, that's all right with us. 
In fact, we'll do it gladly. So long, Philoctetes. No, don't go. I beg you. In the name of Zeus. Calm down. Oh, stranger, stay here. You shouting. Ah, God! That demon's killing me. Oh, savage God. My foot. This foot of mine. Oh, friends, come back. What should we do? Do you have something else in mind? You should not grow indignant when someone in a storm of pain speaks nonsense. Then come with us, as we are asking you. Never! That you can be sure of. Not even if the Lord of Blazing Lightning comes ready to blast me with his fiery thunder. Damn Troy and all those warriors there. But please, grant me one request. What's that? Give me a sword. If you have one there, or an axe, any weapon. What's your plan? Some drastic act? Hack at my flesh. And cut these bones apart. My mind now thinks on death. But why? To find my father. Where does he live? He can't still be living in the light. Oh, city of my fathers. How I wish I could see you now. For I'm nothing anymore. Nothing. Philoctetes exits into his cave, leaving the chorus alone. Enter Neoptolemus and Odysseus. Neoptolemus is still carrying Philoctetes' bow and arrows. Why are you coming back here so fast? I have to fix the mistakes I made. What mistakes? When I obeyed you. I used disgraceful lies and sly deceit to catch a man. What are you going to do? The bow I took. I'll return it. What are you saying? Yes, it's not right for me to keep it. Oh, but there are those who will prevent you. What? Who will try to stop me? The whole Greek army, including me. You were born wise, but there's no wisdom now in what you say. Yet what you plan to do is most imprudent. But if it's right, then it's more powerful than wisdom. How can it be right and just to give back what you won thanks to my plan? I made a mistake. I lost my honor. I must try to get it back. Aren't you afraid of me? With justice at my side, I'm not afraid. I won't do what you ask. Well then, our fight is not with Trojans, but with you. If that's the way it is, so be it. Do you see my right hand on my sword? see me doing the same. All right. For now, I'll leave you. But I'll go and tell the army what is happening here, and they will punish you. Now you're reasonable. <laughs> Odysseus moves away, as if leaving for the ship, but conceals himself and observes what now happens. You there, Philoctetes! I'm calling you! Come out! Leave that rock you call your home! He's making such unruly noise outside the cave. Why are you calling me? Oh, no. Are you here to bring me some new trouble? No. Listen to the news I bring. I'm afraid. Fine words brought me disaster when I trusted you. Is there no way I can apologize? You use words like that and stole my bow. You won my confidence, but secretly you worked for my destruction. But now I'm not like that. I wish to learn whether you want to stay or sail with us. Stop! Your words are wasted. I wish. But if there's nothing I can say, then I will stop. You'll never win my confidence. Not now. You've robbed me with a trick. 
may you all die. The sons of Atreus first, then Odysseus, then you. Stop making all these curses and take these weapons from my hand. What, am I being tricked again? No. I swear by the sacred majesty of Zeus. Such welcome words, if what you say is true. My actions will show that. Put out your hands and take your weapons back. As Neoptolemus hands the bow to Philoctetes, Odysseus re-emerges from his hiding place. No! In the name of the sons of Atreus and the whole army, no! Now you see up close the man who will take you off to Troy by force. That will bring you any joy if this arrow flies straight. Philoctetes puts an arrow to his bowstring. Odysseus moves away. Neoptolemus grabs Philoctetes. By the gods, don't shoot! Let <laughs> like, go! Like, no! no! Why do you spoil my chance to use this bow of mine to kill the enemy I hate? Oh, that would mean the disaster for both of us! Oh, our bold leaders are cowards in a fight! Oh, that may be true, but now you have the bow and you've no reason to be angry with me. I agree. My lad, you've shown the family lineage you sprang from. Your father had the finest reputation of them all, and he still does among the dead. I'm pleased to hear this. But pay attention now. Men must endure those fortunes given them by the gods. But you've become a callous man, rejecting all advice. If someone who's a friend speaks up and says you're doing wrong, you hate him. You call him traitor. But still, I'll speak to you. Listen. You've been suffering from this affliction as fate sent from the gods because you went too close to Chrysis' secret sentinel, the snake that guards her sacred precinct. Know this. You will never find an end to this distressful agony until you come by your own free will to Troy and there meet Asclepius' sons. Find relief from this disease, and with help from me and from that bow, be known to all as the man who smashed the towers of Troy. We took a Trojan man called Helenus, a seer, who clearly states these things must happen. If his words prove false, he'll offer himself for slaughter. And so you should be willing to concede. Oh, hateful life. Why keep me here above, gazing at the light? Alas! How can I distrust what this man says? He's given me advice as a friend, so then do I relent? If I yield, how, how, how can I appear in public view? You eyes of mine have witnessed everything I've had to go through. How could you bear to see me with those men, the sons of Atreus who ruined me, or with all destroying Odysseus? It is not the pain of what I have endured that gnaws at me, my son. I see ahead all the things I'll have to suffer from them from now on. Once a man's mind has become the mother of evil acts, it trains him to deceive in everything. And in this, I'm surprised at you. Those men did you an injury by taking away your father's weapons. After that, will you fight as their ally and force me to do so too? Do not do it, my son, but take me home as you have sworn to do. Leave those evil men to be destroyed in their own cruel way. What you say is reasonable. Nonetheless, 
I'd like you to rely upon the gods in my own words and sail from here with me, your friend. You mean I should set off for Troy towards Agamemnon? No. You should go to those who'll end the pain in that pus-filled foot of yours. They'll save you from your sickness. You'll ruin me with these words of yours. I know that. No, I won't. What I say is spoken in friendship. But you don't understand. Don't I understand how those sons of Atreus threw me aside? Yes, but you should see if they will pick you up again. Never! I won't agree to go to Troy. Well, what can I do then? The easiest thing for me is to say no more, and then you will go on living as you're doing now, without being rescued. Let me keep suffering, whatever I must suffer. You swore to me to take me home. Do that for me, my son. And don't keep reminding me about Troy anymore. I've had enough. If that's truly what you want... Let's go home. Uh, such noble words. Plant your feet firmly. I will. As firmly as my strength allows. How will I escape being blamed for this? Forget about those men. Well, what if they destroy my country? I'll be there. With these arrows, which came from Heracles. Then let's depart once you have said your goodbyes. All of a sudden, Heracles appears above the stage. Not yet, Philatetes. Not until you've heard the words that I shall utter. Know this. You are listening to the voice of Heracles and gazing on his face. For your sake, I have left the throne of heaven and come to stop the journey you're proposing. First, know that struggling through my labors won me immortal glory, as you see. As for you, it is your destiny that, from these troubles, you make your life something men honor. With this man, you will reach Troy, where first your cruel illness will be cured. Then you'll be chosen as the finest man from all the warriors. And with my bow, you'll slay Paris, the cause of all this evil. You'll ransack Troy and carry off the prize for utmost bravery, and take it home with you to Poyas, your father. Son of Achilles, this advice I'm giving is for you as well. You are not strong enough to capture Troy without this man, and he is not strong enough without you there. Like a pair of lions stalking prey on common ground, the two of you must guard each other's life. But when you lay waste that land, show reverence to the gods. Although men perish, piety does not. Whether they're alive or dead, it does not die. Oh, that voice I have longed to hear. I will not disobey. I too consent to this as well. Then do not delay. A stern wind will blow to urge you onward. The time is right to sail. All right then. Let me salute this land as I depart. Farewell, you cave that shared my vigil. And farewell, you pounding headlands beaten by the sea. I am leaving you, going away at last, beyond all hopes I've ever entertained. Farewell, you sea-encircled land of Lemnos. Send me away content on a fair voyage to the place ordained by mighty fate. 
my opinions of my friends and by the God who conquers all and has brought this about. They all move off together. This has been Genesius Guild's classic drama on the air. Join us next time for more. Many thanks to those whose contributions have made this possible. The sound effects were by Daniel Simeon and Mike Koenig. The background music is by Royalty Free Music. The theme music for the entire program was Chopin's Waltz in A-flat major, Opus 69, number 1, performed by Olga Grievich. Thanks especially to the performers whose voices you have been hearing on this broadcast. Andy Curtis as Philoctetes, Tyler Henning as Neoptolemus, Matt Walsh as Odysseus, Philip Dunbridge as Heracles, T.J. Green as a merchant sailor, Guy Cavill, Jason Deloy, and Mark Nelson as the chorus, and Kathy Calder as the narrator. The play was translated by Ian Johnston and adapted by me. This is your host, Misha Hooker, signing off. Until next time.